On today's episode of The Bucket List, we will be discussing the new Nike City Edition uniforms, the contract extension of Giannis, and the opening week of the NBA. Let's go! Welcome in, welcome in, episode four of the Bucket List Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Losser. Alongside me, my co-host, Seth Hipley. What up? What are we going to be talking about today? All right, so first up, we're going to talk about the Nike City Edition jerseys that were just released. I want to first talk about the Celtics and the Cavs, as those are our two favorite teams. Um, Those are probably the only two that we'll really dive into a whole lot, simply because... I don't think these jerseys are worth talking about much. Uh, maybe a little foreshadowing of our opinions on these city edition jerseys. Um, Pat, I'm going to turn it to you. What do you think about the Cavs? Um, they're pretty similar to their wine uh, jerseys they already have. Uh, they're pretty basic. They have like kind of a Christmas vibe to them. They're starting to grow on me a little bit. When I first saw them, I thought they were absolute trash. Um, they had a couple uh, two years ago that I really liked that I actually have a Darius Garland jersey of. Um, these, like I said, they're growing on me. Give me a kind of a Christmas vibe. I'm hoping I'm probably gonna get a Max Drew jersey out of this, but they have a little bit of gold on the sleeves and on the neckline. Uh, the font and the uh, the name and the number is different than their current jerseys. Um, I, I if I had to give it a scale, I give it like a six out of ten. I okay. think it's like mid of the road, like middle of the road for a lot of the jerseys in the City Editions this year. But it's definitely not the best or worst. I, in my I do I do like the fact that they have the land. I think that's unique and obviously special to to Cleveland. And uh, it, it's pretty popular, I feel like, in at least our area in Ohio. Like, we call it the land um, for sports. Like I, I said, I think I think they played it too safe again. I think Nike's played it safe and pretty generic on a lot of the jerseys today. This is pretty generic and safe. But like I said, it's not the absolute worst. I don't hate it. Oh, it's definitely means. not the worst. Um, yeah, I the numbers are different. I don't hate it, but I don't know if I like it. I, overall, though, I I would say I I like their jersey. Like it's not terrible, so it could be worse. Um, you could be Indiana, uh, or like most of these jerseys. So yeah, majority of them, a lot of them are black and just so bland and just just bad. Just I, I don't know who made these. Like who, like Nike. I, I don't. Yeah, I understand, but like. <laughs> I don't understand what group looks at these and says like these are okay if, like as a product to give to the fans. Like there's so many great ideas on Twitter and just in social media in general and there's so many good artists out there that have like these great ideas and they could really just like bring in a bunch of people from different just different parts of the world and make great uniforms for them and they can make a ton of money off this, but I feel like they're not seizing that opportunity. So it would be cool for them to release like a program for like fans of the each team to like sign up and pitch their their best uh, design, I guess. And then they kind of pick like some finalists, like, you know how the Browns did it with, uh, I didn't think we'd be talking about the Cleveland Browns, but how they did it with like their dog logo. Like they let the fans kind of design it and vote. And like, that was cool. I wish they would do something like this. I do understand that it is Nike. So it's probably a little harder in the corporate world to do something like that, but it would, it would be nice. But it could lead them in the right direction, at least. Like, give them a yeah. general idea of what the fans want and maybe even what the players would want. Because a lot of the times, what the what the fans want, the players would love as well. So, I think that even if they asked the players maybe some ideas, maybe if they showed them, like, some pictures early on in the process of, like, certain, like, maybe styles that they could go with and maybe, like, give them just a direction, that would be really cool for them and the fans to experience, in my opinion. Yeah. I Can you, can you imagine playing in Washington? And you know how they do those videos of where like they unveil the jersey and the players are like, Oh, those are sweet. Like, can you imagine Jordan Poole opening a box and you just have the Washington Washington jerseys? To me, those are the worst. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I just like what is that? It looks like It looks like New York Liberty WNBA team a little bit, but it's I don't know. They're just so bland. It looks like under the sea. I don't even know. Like <laughs> I, I don't know what little kind of, Seattle Kraken. Yeah, that's like it, that's what I'm feeling. It it just it's so bad. There's yeah. so many bad ones here. Like hate culture is awful. I love oh, it, but my. like I don't understand why that needs to be the saying needs to be on there. Like what if I don't? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just glad the Celtics. The Celtics did pretty good. 
I mean, considering some of the other ones, I I don't know if it's white or if it's like a cream. I I would like it better, I think, if it was a cream because they have you know their main white jersey, and they have a couple other jerseys that that were white. But overall, I like it. I I would probably give it if you did a ten point scale. I would do maybe like a seven or eight. Um, the the like the wood or whatever that is it it's a cool idea but i would assume that it i don't know i i guess i'd have to see him in person but i don't hate it i like it i think a little bit more than the calves but it's kind of in that same realm i truly i don't really love any of these i mean some of them are okay what what do you like what's your favorite jersey well, I'll say the Boston one's okay. I think it's, again, generic, but it's, like, the best of the generic ones here. I'd say the two best ones are the Minnesota one. It's kind of cool. It's got, like, that blue, bluish. Yeah, and the that fading. White. Yeah, it's just really cool. And then Utah's is the best. It's got the mountains. It's got their purple. I think that's the coolest one by far. Those are the top two for me. I think all the rest. Milwaukee's isn't bad. Um, like yeah, I said, but I, th- they're, I mean, it looks like bleach spots on, like, if you really look at I think it's, like, at, at, up at the top. Yeah, it's in the middle of the Bucks one. Yeah. Yeah, it's right in the middle of it. I, I don't think it's awful compared to some of these, like I said. But, like, the Denver one is so bad. I, oh, dude, they have, like, so many cool colors that they could have incorporated. And they just, I don't know if, like, maybe Nike, if someone picks, like, the majority of the jersey color. Like, like look at Memphis's. It's so bad. It's just black. And then it's got... The, the barcode. Yeah, or the barcode or, or whatever that spelling is. And then, like, the Mavs is probably the most generic one in this whole thing. Like, it's straight I black. I kind of like the Mavericks, No, though. but that's why people like it, because it's the most generic kind. It's clean, but it's not, like, over the top. Yeah. It's not, like, very underwhelming. It's just straight black. It's and got... it's different enough from their jerseys, but yeah. it still has the, I don't know, the, the vibe of... Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I would give that a five. That's the straight middle one you go off of, and then all the rest are below it, and there's a couple above it. I, like I said, I don't... You would, wait, you'd give the Dallas Mavericks a five? Because it's the most generic. It's like in the middle, and then all the rest are below oh, it, and okay. then there's a couple that are above. I don't. There's, yeah. None of these are a ten. I'd say the closest is Utah's, because like Utah's I said, is nice. I don't I don't hate... See, San Antonio's is, is simple, but I don't mind simple. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's not bad. Um, Orlando's it looks like the Dallas Cowboys. I don't, I can't, I can't on with like the darker blue. Like I wish it was their blue. Um, Toronto's is on a picture. It's okay. I don't think it would look great on court. Like, I feel like the color of the court is going to mess, mess with your eyes. Charlotte. I feel like they've released this Jersey 18 times. I, I don't know. I yeah, I just think I think some of these might look better like when they're actually on the players and on the, the Clippers are terrible. Yeah, they're not great. I mean, all these are bad. I don't mind Orlando. Houston, it's got, it's got the star in the middle. Houston's like, is nice. H Town. Yeah, they're gonna win no games in those, but yeah, they're okay. Well, you, you better hope they do. You picked the over. I did, I did pick the over. <laughs> I just overall, I think our overall opinion are these are majority are trash. There's like a, like maybe three, four, or five of them that yeah. we we think are decent, but overall, yeah. Nike's job. Uh, I think that's the last point we're gonna hear. I I hate it. I miss the old Adidas ones. I told you this. As a casual fan that uh, that loves like the casual jersey wearing fan, I like like not like a tight fitting one like the nike dry fit are awful to me um i'm in pretty good shape but they they just do not conform well to my body so i'd rather have the old adidas ones better that are way better than any of the ones that we see today i also thought the designs were a lot cooler but what do you think overall so overall obviously a lot of like the what do they call association and uh is it icon uh i think so a lot of those stayed the same yeah so like that's fine. I like a lot of the statement jerseys. Like I like how they keep the statement jerseys. The biggest thing that I don't like and that I think could be improved is the fact that the city editions are every single year. Like I feel like at some point you're going to run out, well, clearly we've run out of some good designs and they threw this out of nowhere. Like so I don't know. I maybe one thing that you could change is the city edition jerseys last for three years or two, or I don't know. I just think the one every single year creating a new Jersey, you're going to run out of ideas and you're going to throw up crap like this year. Um, and I, I also like, I, I love buying jerseys. Like I love buying Celtics jerseys 
in the city editions, once they're gone, you can't find them anymore. And I want to be able to buy them. And so, yeah, that yeah, would be my like, only take. A lot of Cavs fans want the 21, uh, the 2021 is really bad. They want them back. Um, I have a, I have the my, maroon with like the, gold. yeah, it's like, it celebrates the 2016 yeah. championship. Well, just the history of the Cavs in general. But yeah, I think that they need to just incorporate bringing those back in some way, somehow. And I think keep them for multiple years. Cause I mean, a, you buy a jersey it's cool that if it goes away after a year you have that jersey but fans should have the opportunity maybe they don't have the money at the time to spend on right 120 160 jersey you know or maybe yeah. you're gonna wait a couple christmases save up it's just i don't know i think nike should do this the you know the icon the association the statement are all awesome i i want them to do a retro like just always have a retro jersey because a lot of the retro jerseys are cooler than our current jerseys but whatever yeah. i overall my take is they're trash uh nike's doing a horrible job they're mid you better they're, hope they don't listen to this uh, if you sponsor never. us uh <laughs> i want a max truce signed jersey please thank you so much santa is still not delivered yet we're a couple months away he hasn't wrote back so i would not say that they're trash some of them are trash but overall i would say nike did a decent job i'm a little bit more positive i like the fit of the nike a little bit more than patrick does garbage well I, I think that's all we really need to say about the jerseys. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Giannis's extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get into the details after the break. All right. So next up, we have Giannis extension. Um, Pat, do you want to tell us the details and kind of your thoughts on it? Yeah, so Giannis kind of surprised everybody the other night, and he signed a three-year, $186 million extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, he is now locked up until the two, uh, the 27-28 season, will, where he will be 20, 32 years old at the end of that contract. Um, in his last year of his deal, he'll be making $63 million. Um, that would be brutal, wouldn't it? What? To just make that much money, like... I just I can't fathom making that much just to play. I mean, listen, they put in a ton of work, but to play the game you love and get paid that kind of money, it's just it's, it'd be a dream yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the dream. Props to be honest. Yeah, as much as I hate when the Celtics play against him, I hate some of the things that he does. But he high character guy, and I mean, you you can't not be happy for someone like you know such a high character guy getting to play the game he loves for for that much money. Keep going. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, but yeah, no, he's put in a ton of work. I mean, he came into the league just he used he was super small. Um, he looks a million times better than what he did when he came into the league. And hats off to him and his family. He deserves it, and he's a top two player in the NBA for sure. But kind of the analysis of like what this means. Um, we know that Giannis put a ton of pressure on the Bucks this summer. Um, one of the quotes he said, the one that scared all the fans in front office, he said. As long as we play and I approach the game every single day at the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal, I could see myself being with the Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career, my career sorry. And then but then he went on to say, but the moment I feel like people aren't as committed as I am to get the golden thing, the trophy he meant, in the back, I am not. It's more than the money, it's more than the lobsters, it's more than the charted flights for me, it's all about the championship. And I want that at the Milwaukee Bucks are on the same page with me for the rest of my career. Great. If not, I have to win. I think the people of the city understand that. I mean, what what a quote. I mean, that is just the ultimate, ultimate pressure to put on a, a fan base and especially clearly the front office. I, yeah, I agree. I, as a, like, if I were a Milwaukee Bucks fan, it would scare the living daylights out of me because, as you mentioned, he, if he's not top two, he's top three. Like, I mean, I think he's top two, top three in that range. But I also, if I were a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks, I almost would appreciate his honesty. Like, you see so many guys who are like, oh, like, okay, let me just bring up some past trauma of mine. Kyrie Irving said, you know, if you'll have me back, I I would love to re-sign with the Celtics, whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Um, and the following year, he was not on the Boston Celtics and stopped talking to us. So... I was glad Kyrie left because, as you know, it was a little nightmare there. But it, it's nice that he's honest. Like, he's not sugarcoating anything. He's telling people his expectations. And as much as, you know, I hate to say it, I I would appreciate it if I were his fan. I mean, as a fan of the Cavs, we know that Donovan Mitchell has a big uh, he has a big contract decision coming up soon. About I wouldn't say good. it's a decision. He, he might have already made that. I Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
Giannis is given transparency of like where he's at right now in his career and his mindset of where he wants to be. Like, I think yeah. as a fan that gives you just going to bed at night, you don't have to look up a report of like someone on Twitter making a fake account saying, Oh, he wants to go to the Knicks. Like he's being honest and he wants to win every opportunity. He's a top, he's going to be possibly a top 10 player all time. You can make the argument if he wins a couple more championships, like he needs that for his career. Yeah, he so he has that ceiling for yeah, sure. So he's just making it known that this is what he wants. This is what he needs to win and give him the, give him the assets and the pieces to win. And he's, he's going to do everything he can to, get the common goal and that's a championship so but just in general um so the pressure made them tr- trade their second best player arguably in drew holiday for damian lillard uh, where did Dan- he end up again drew uh well he, well he did he did end up with the <laughs> i Boston just Celtics. i can't remember oh that's right the Celtics. it's only game two of the seasons right now so we'll see how that experiment and goes. we haven't lost a single game they're gonna fail in the playoffs it's okay we'll see All how right, it goes we'll they see. are one and out they're playing right now against miami heat who jimmy owns them so just always remember that celtics fans we'll see you tonight um but yeah dame he's signed through the 26 27 season uh he has a player option that year uh so he'll make 30 63 million his last year He'll be 36 years old by then, so he'll be out of his prime. His game should age well, but how good will he be at 36? We don't know. Um, so now Giannis has a superstar partner next to him. Uh, he's going to take all the responsibility in late-game situations and taking the big shot. Um, in their first game, their opening game against Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers, they won 118-117. to 117. It was a close game without James Harden. Um, Yikes. Dame had 39, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Incredibly, he had 0 turnovers, which was honestly, that's pretty incredible. Um, he only shot four from 12 from three. He was nine for 20 from the field, but he was 17 for 17 from the line, which is extremely important because Giannis is horrible for the, from the free throw line. And what we saw last year during the playoffs, he would run from the line at times. So I think Dame, if they just get the ball in his hands at the end of games, he'll take care of that for sure. And then looking at Giannis, he was okay. He had 23, uh, 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists and seven turnovers. That's kind of his big bugaboo at times. He got, gets out of control and charges. Um, just bad passes. He was 10 for 22 from the field, and he was 0 for 3 from 3. He looked – his shot is just awful. He will never be a three-point shooter. That's kind of what I'm scared of, Evan Mobley, but he's got a little bit better form. And then the rest of the team, Crowder, Connaughton, Bobby Portis looked really good off the bench. Chris Middleton struggled, but that just goes to show you, Middleton doesn't have to be an all-star level for them to win games. Like, they just beat the 76ers, who had the MVP last year, and they won. They only won by one, but they were blowing them out early in the game, and it's game one of the season. They're trying to figure out how to play with each other. Yeah, for sure. I think it's an excellent step. Clearly, it was a great, I think we saw after game one, a great transaction to get Dame, and I think, again, we see this could be a championship team this year. I mean, adding Damian Lillard surely can't hurt you. Like... It's only going to increase your ceiling. So it was a no-brainer move. I'm just glad the Celtics got Drew Holiday out of it. Um, I Before we move on, I just want to talk about the current state of the league with these contracts. All right, we've seen time and time and time and time again that these guys will sign these huge contracts. And right when they're eligible to be traded, because I believe it's I don't know if it's a full calendar year or what it is, but you can't be traded for pretty much like a year after you sign the contract. But then right when they're trade eligible, I mean, we they just request out. So I guess my whole point is like, do these big contract extensions mean something? I mean, some of them do for sure. Like I would hope Jalen Brown's means something, but you know, Personally, I think Giannis does love being in Milwaukee, but I'm just wondering, like, as as a fan, do you, when you hear that, like, if Donovan Mitchell signed, if you got a notification right now that he signed a two-year extension, would you be like, oh, man, he's going to be here for, what is it, three more years then? Yeah, I, just in general, like, you would just be happy, like, you, you would think he's going to stay. I know, for... but would you get, would you be nervous still? I mean, you're always nervous. I think with the player empowerment, like any moment, if for whatever reason, like even fans can impact this, like they say negative things towards players on social media or in person and they make you feel uncomfortable. Like anything can change a player's mind. But yeah, always in the back of your head when you have a superstar player, especially LeBron did this all these years. He put, after he went to Miami, every single year, if they didn't win a championship, it's like, okay, is LeBron going to get upset here? Like you just have such a short window. You have a long but short window at the same time with these guys in their prime. And if you don't, especially early in their careers, if if you don't capitalize early, they're going to leave you. So at some point, yeah, um, I I just am annoyed that like why sign the contract? Like any team would be willing. I'm not not necessarily talking about Giannis. I'm 
Well, you know? it's it's all financials because they if they leave, I know, but any team is going to offer these guys that contract. I know, but they won't get the same amount if they don't sign because if they sign with their same team that they're already on, then they're going to get more money. If they leave, right? And they trade, they get, they get traded, and then they extend. It's going to be less money, so you get the bag that with your team you get like the fifty extra million for signing yeah. there, and then the year you get traded, it's smart financially. I don't think it's right. Like you said, I think maybe we talked about this. Maybe there should be a punishment of some kind if like you a ask penalty, with, like a fee. Almost. Yeah, if you if you ask out with maybe the first, that you give that dollar amount back yeah i would say if you ask out within the first like maybe like maybe year and a half of your unless there's like circumstances that see that's where it gets tough if there's certain circumstances that allow for that like dame i think was abused his whole career i wouldn't say abused but like they didn't get him the right assets for his whole career cj mccollum was a great number two was a solid number two but i mean they got to the western conference finals and got swept one year i mean dame dame even stayed till the end he wanted to stay he he wanted mikhail bridges he wanted them to trade the second pick and good in portland they didn't trade it but they, they, they. If they wanted him to stay, that's what they had to do, and they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, but the thing about Dame, his whole career, he's been like, basically saying, you know, how loyal he is. He would never chase a ring, or he would never do what these other guys are doing to team up. And you know, I, I get why he requested a trade. Portland obviously was not prioritizing going to win a championship. I get that. I respect that Dame wanted to go chase a championship. But I guess I just, I don't get why, like, I just don't like what he did with the whole demanding to go to the Heat, telling his agent or whatever, whether he told him or not, I don't know. But his agent then going to tell other teams all this crap. And I don't know. It's just, I could talk about this for hours, but I think the player empowerment movement just needs scaled back a little bit, I guess. I, I mean, yeah, I'm all about players getting the money that they deserve. Um, but I don't know. I I just think there needs to be some type of, like you said, penalty for for basically screwing over a team and, like, all their fans and their franchise. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think it's going to change anytime soon, unfortunately, for oh, no, the front offices, the fans. Um, there's just too much money involved in these guys now, and these agents are getting smarter by the day. They know how to manipulate like teams and everybody around the league. I mean, we saw in the Dame trades. I mean, they came out and said, now they're investigating it, and I think I don't know if there was any penalty that was uh, that was gone towards Dame and his agent, but they said, hey, we're only going to play for my, for Miami, and that significantly hurt his value. And overall, they couldn't get a deal done with Miami because they didn't like the deal, and he ended up with the Milwaukee Bucks, unfortunately, for his sake. But which I mean, I think is better for him to win a championship oh, I overall. Think... I think it's a much better ceiling or a much higher ceiling. I think they both, uh, he could have won a championship in Miami, but I think when you have this top two NBA player next to you and Giannis, I think you're ceiling or it's an easier path to get there for sure with Jimmy and, instead of Jimmy and Bam next to you. Yeah. Um, do you want, do you want to just take another quick break before we get into our, uh, the main part of our show? So we get into the meat. Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Our last part of our show is going to be the longest. Um, so I'm kind of, we're calling this the triples. I don't know if that's going to stick or what, but it was, it just popped into our head. But so how this is going to work, obviously this is NBA opening week. We had games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and tonight. Um, we're recording this Friday, October 27th at about eight 30. Um, so me and Patrick were kind of talking about, all right, what do you want to talk about? We need to definitely get into the, the first week's games. And we came up with this idea of we each, after watching the games, we, we weren't able to watch all of them. Um, but we, we did watch, I would say several of them, or at least, you know, we, we checked the box where we watched the highlights, things like that. Um, so we're going to ask each other three questions that we have. It, it could be anything from a specific question about a player, a team, just something funny. I don't know. We didn't tell each other um, because we wanted, we just wanted to surprise each other. We wanted a natural, authentic conversation. So three questions, three overreactions, and three first impressions. So Patrick, what, which category do you want to do first? Um, what the, uh, let's do impressions. We can okay. start with that. All right. Um, do you want to just go back and forth? We'll just, 
Yeah, that's fine. All right. Um, I'll go first. My yep. first impression, uh, Tyrese Maxey, the breakout has started. Uh, he had 31 points, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds. Uh, the Sixers just played really well as a whole against the Bucks. They did fall 117 to 118. It really was a four-point game. They hit a banker at the end to get it to win- within one. Uh, Tobias Harris was great as well. Kelly Oubre dropped 27 points and couldn't miss, and he's very cute. <laughs> just kidding. Um, and he could, he couldn't miss last night. Um, but like I said, I think at the end of the day, Maxie's going to break out, like we said earlier. I think we both said that earlier. In well, he was my episodes. most improved. Yeah, he's looking. And I think he was technically yours, too. You just wanted to yeah, this one spice to be different it up a little bit. Um, yeah, if, if he's able to play at this all-star level all year, I think they're going to be comfortable moving on from Harden. Uh, well, they, they have no choice. Well, they no, better I'm saying, get comfortable. Like, them less than what Morey wanted. Like Daryl uh, Morey, he when he sets a value on a guy, he's not going below that. He wanted the star back or a bunch of quality role players. I don't know if they're going to be able to get that now. I think the Clippers have said they're stepping back from all trade talks currently. So if Maxi can play can play at a twenty five to thirty point per game uh, level uh, consistently, I think that's going to open up more ways for them to just explore different trades for Harden and maybe get oh, a little bit sure. less than they wanted and just get the headache uh, out of there because he tried to show up to the team plane and they kicked him off the they didn't even let him get on the plane team security they kicked him off so um that's that's just a good one for thing. them yeah they need put to, their foot down they just need to get the cancer out of the locker room and out of their franchise so yeah i i agree uh tyrese maxi was really 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 good um really impressive just helps my my pick of most improved player that would have been mine but he already took it so um so i'm gonna i'll stay on the same kind of tone um Kristaps Porzingis. I I figured, did you guess that I was going to talk about him? Well, of course. Okay. He's your favorite team. I I did not expect that kind of play from Kristaps Porzingis in game 1. I I figured it would come once in a while, but I mean right out of the gate in a in a tough atmosphere against a good team and I I can't say enough about what he's going to do for the offense. And I mean, and the defense. He had what three or four blocks, and uh, I think he had four. Like, I don't know. It's just his defense is solid. He's so long and lanky. He can he can block a shot so easily. I think the thing that surprised me the most was like we we were texting during the game. Like his ability to on the on like he would pump fake and he would, he would drive. His yeah. ability to put it on the floor and get past his defender. His ability. I mean, he can he can pick and pop from thirty feet if he wants to. Oh, He's yeah. got that kind of range. So sure. when you have to guard a guy, especially when he has a big on him out there, thirty feet or twenty five feet, like he's gonna blow right by him, and then they're gonna have to help off, or he's too big. He's gonna dunk over or finish over someone and get an and one, get a foul. It's just he's an ultimate mismatch out there. And yeah. when you have Drew Holiday, who's a sniper, Brown, who's who's an okay, he's an average shooter, I'd say. He, may, he was a little bit above average last year, but I, I think he's gonna come back to the norm. And then Jason Tatum, a top ten player in the league it's just Top impossible to, yeah impossible to guard i don't know how people are going to guard this throughout the whole season in playoffs well yeah i mean when you look at he had 30 points and like i don't i like jalen brown played terrible drew holiday was not he looked I, all the celtics writers on twitter were saying like is this actually marcus smart like it just felt like a Marcus smart game where he would do like three stupid plays and then he would have like one awesome play, but drew holiday didn't have his best game. Jalen Brown played bad. Hauser didn't hit a single three. I don't think Pritchard, I think only had two points after basically erupting every night of the preseason. He hit some, I I will say Pritchard hit two huge free throws, but all of this happened and Chris Stapps and Tatum just, they were able to keep things afloat with their offense. And it just, it shows that with these four five, six really good players on Boston's team there, as long as two of them play well, they can, they can pull out these games. To, to be fair though, the Knicks did not shoot it well. They shot 37% from the field. Uh, RJ Barrett was eight for 20 from the field. Brunson was six from 21. He's not typically going to have that. Well, the second night. half they shot really well, but Julius Randall was five for 22. Yeah. He does that on a nightly basis, but he's better than five for 22 and they should have won the game. They were up six with a couple minutes left and you were texting yeah. me saying they were going to lose and you got all sad. So don't act like you're all, no, I, I know I was shocked. Like last year's team would have rolled over. 
I, I wouldn't say rolled over, but I, yeah, I don't know if they would have won necessarily, but they fought to the end. And I think on a nightly basis, I don't think all four guys are going to be rolling. I think it's going to be two at a time. I think right. Tatum's going to be consistently up there. And then either Brown, Porzingis, or Drew, it, they're going to get an all-star performance. I don't know if Drew will ever be their second. I mean, obviously on some nights, because that's just what happens. Some guys are hot, but I don't think consistently he'll be up there. Well, come playoff time, he's going to guard the best player, which is usually right. going to be a guard, especially in the East. He's going to guard the best player every night, and so he's not yeah. going to be asked to do much offensively except create at the end when they, and have reliable shooter at the free throw line and yeah. hit, hit timely threes when needed So and making the right decision because we know the guy that can't dribble with his left hand, uh, Jalen Brown, will not do that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, can I go... Can I do my second yeah, go ahead. Uh, first impression? Because you hinted at it. And it has something to do with Julius Randle. Oh, boy. The The Knicks need to trade him. They need to get rid of him. He does. I don't. I don't think he he hurts the team more than he helps the team. My issue though with that is how va- he's very valuable to them, but how how much value does he have to another team? Well, I if I'm the Knicks, I wouldn't try to go get like obviously you're not going to get a star or an all-star for him but could you get two good role ple- like role players i know but it's not taking a step back then not always trading two for one or one for two is always great that you always want the better player in the trade always i, I know but is is julius randall going well okay i just thought of this maybe maybe they're going to save him for when him like if Embiid requests that. Yeah, out. that's what they're going for. They're waiting for Embiid. They're, they want this season to crumble for the Sixers, and Embiid's the number one target. Don's probably in there. I, I really don't think Don makes a lot of sense from how their team's constructed right now. I don't think Brunson and Don next to each other work that well. I think DG and uh, Garland, or DG and Mitchell work a little bit better together just because Garland's such a willing passer, but the size is an issue. And they again, the Knicks don't have like a great download like score presence. They have Mitchell Robinson, but he's you know he's not great on his feet. Like he's Mobley only good out. when he plays against Evan Mobley. No, he's a great down. force down low for. <laughs> I hate you. He's a great da- down low force, but he's not the defensive. Uh, he can't move his feet. He can't guard on the perimeter like Allen or Mobley at times. So I don't think that fit would work. It, I think it's Joel and beat or bust for them ultimately. Well, I I mean honestly, they could get they could trade or they could sign um, Mitchell. Well, I guess I don't know what their cap is, but an idea, maybe they can do this. Could they sign Mitchell and then trade Randall for Randall and RJ and a bunch of picks for Joel Embiid? Yeah, or he, or if they know that... That would be a deadly trio of Brunson, Mitchell, and Embiid. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would all work. That would take a lot, of, a lot of brain power for that. I'm not sure how that would all work, but... Like I said, I think it's in beat or bust for them if they ultimately want to do a trade. But this season, I think they're going to have to ride out Randall. And he's he's made two All-Stars. I mean, he's a solid player. He has really big games. But in the playoffs, he just his game is not translated well. And I just, yeah, you cannot rely on him in the playoffs at all yeah. whatsoever. All right, what's your second one? Uh, my second one is I was right about the Chicago Bulls imploding this season. Uh, they had a players-only meeting after the first game of the season. They got blown out by the Thunder at home, 124 to 104. Um, so just let me look at a quote that Zach. Maybe the Levine, Thunder are just that good. They are beating the Cavs right now currently. But let me. This is what Zach Levine had to say after the game. Guys want to win. You put up a game like that in game one, you're going to have some conversations. Guys are frustrated. You should be. It's a good thing, but sucks that it happened game one. It happened, and we got to go from there. Also. Uh, this is from Levine. We just didn't respond once they did that run in the second half. Wasn't a great showing from us. Didn't shoot the ball well. Don't feel like we played with enough heart, and that's on us. Terrible way to come out and start the season, but it gives us the opportunity to bounce back the next game. You're talking about effort. You, 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 you're you not hyped for game one in the NBA season. This season is so valuable to these guys, and you're coming out with that lackluster effort at home for those great Chicago fans that love the Bulls, and they've been diehard since Jordan was there. I mean... I, I think they're going to implode. They're going to trade everybody off at the deadline. I think the bean's gone. I think the Lakers, I think D'Lo has been off to a little bit of a rough start. I think that could be a destination. Uh, DeRozan, still very, very valuable player. I don't know where I he would go. I could see DeRozan in L.A. before Levine because DeRozan's from L.A. Um, 
It just depends. On... I think he would fit better. Levine, I don't think is a championship caliber. I guy. mean, Demar's a, a sniper from the mid range. I mean, he's one of the best mid range shooters in the league. But Levine's more he can he's, he can spread it more from the outside than uh, DeRozan can. So I don't know about the fit there. And he's a little bit more athletic than Demar is at this point. But yeah, I think they're going to sell the deadline completely, and they're going to tank for whoever they want in the draft. I, I think I was completely right after one game. So yeah, I I agree. The Bulls looked miserable, and I don't see how they can have a productive season this year. So sorry, Chicago, you want to go your, or give us your third one or you want me to go? Mine's um, not that crazy. I'll just, so. I, it's actually going to add on to one of your points. Uh, like I said, we, like Seth said, we surprised each other with these, but I said, Chris Porzingis is going to be a problem this year for the league. I uh, had 30 points the other night, eight rebounds, four blocks. He shot eight for 15 from the field. Five for nine from three. He was nine for ten from the line. He's just an excellent shooter. He, he's, he's a unicorn. Um, he's just, like, his shot is so effortless, too. Yeah, I mean, if he plays at this level all year, how do you beat the Celtics with their top four and their top six? It's going to be incredibly hard. You need two superstars like the Bucks have. That's your only chance, and they have to play at both MVP-type levels to have a chance, in my opinion. Do you think Emo Jimmy can take him down? Uh, I don't. I, Normal I th- Jimmy could. Well, I mean... I don't know anymore, if, but it's tough because we didn't see Tyler Hero last year. He's a big part, but they got to the finals without him. I, I I'm never gonna under- underestimate the Heat and Jimmy and Bam and Tyler Hero, but and Eric Spolstra. But I, I, I would give them a slight chance, but I don't think they can beat down, beat this juggernaut in uh, the second round of conference finals. Hopefully, it will not be good. Yeah, for but hey, my I think health. all Celtics fans would be scared because arguably should have beat him two years ago, and they beat him last year, so. I, oh, I, I don't want to see. I would rather play Milwaukee than Miami. I think Miami would get it to six games because at least bare minimum because you know they're going to have two crazy shooting nights like they did. They shot really well. Well, Struis and Vincent are out, though. That's fair, but I think they always find guys that just Duncan Robinson is starting to have a resurgence, which I'm very happy for him. Um, they always find a guy that maybe, do. yeah, I don't know who. That's just heat year, culture. Kyle Lowry, that's why they put it on their jersey. Kyle Lowry will somehow just have a, a 25-point game out of nowhere. Kevin Love might hit a couple threes in a game. They have Hayden Highsmith. Like, they just have guys that are just going to make it work. This is not like one of I know we're going to ask each other questions. This is not one of my questions. I just thought of this when you mentioned Kyle Lowry. With the new technical for flopping, if you get two of those, do you get ejected? Do you know that? I'm not sure. You because, might. Because Porzingis got a technical for flopping, and then he got a technical for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, when he – when I think it was – who was it? Mitchell? No, it wasn't. Oh, it was Hartenstein. When uh, he swung out of Hartenstein, because Harten, Isaiah Hartenstein grabbed his arms. And, um, like, it says, he didn't get ejected, so I don't know. It says, difference. however, the NBA did say the floppy will not result in injections. Players are tossed oh. from a game if they get two tentacles, so it will not well, result in any. Because Kyle Lowry would get ejected. Yeah, I think it's just a common thing that people do in the league now, and that's why they had to implement rules to stop it. But, yeah, I don't think you should get tossed for flopping. I think some people like Marcus Smart and even LeBron over the years have just been really – it's a craft to get the foul calls, especially if you're LeBron. Like, he's so physical. and It's like the Shaq problem back in the day. Like, Shaq would get fouled on every single possession, but he was just so much bigger, stronger, and faster than all the guys he was playing against that he had to find ways not, – not necessarily Shaq, but LeBron has had to find ways to get foul calls. So, yeah. you have to put on a show for the refs and other – I was just curious if you knew. Yeah, um, well, now we know. Now we know. So that was your third first impression, right? Yes, it was. Okay, here's here's mine. It's nothing crazy. But Mark Williams, I want to give some love to Charlotte Hornets fans. Mark Williams was really solid. He had 13 points, 15 rebounds, and he shot over 80%. I think 83%. If he can do that, he's, he's going to help them a lot once they – hopefully add some more pieces and get more competitive. But I don't, I just didn't know if, did you, did you watch that game or watch any of the, the highlights or anything? Um, They did beat, who did they play the other night? They played, why am I blinking now? They played against the Atlanta Hawks. That's yeah. what they played against. Yeah. I mean, I think I was watching it more on the Atlanta side because like you said, you had them over this year for wins and I had them under, um, no, Mark Williams, he's a really great young center. I mean, he had 15 rebounds. He's going to dominate the, the paint. He had 13 points. He's going to shoot a high percentage. And I told you, I think the, I think I had the over on the Hornets this year, barely. But You I, seem I, to have the over on all the bad teams. Did yeah, you take but, the over on Washington, too? No, that was that was definitely <laughs> an under 23.5. But, no, I like I said, I, I like the Charlotte Hornets starting lineup. P.J. Washington, Rozier, Ball, 
uh, Mark Williams and Gordon Hayward. And they For have thirteen Brand- games. Yeah, and they have the number, <laughs> and then they have the number thirteen pick or the number three pick coming off the bench. Like, I think that's a solid six, and I think it'll be over. I think it was thirty-one and a half or something. Yeah. I think they're going to be over those wins for sure. But yeah, Mark Williams had a really. Solid I just wanted game. to give him some love. So he, he good job, be, Mark Williams. Yeah, he might be their center of the future. So that's good for them. All right, next, I want to do. Uh, I don't know. I kind of save over. Do... Let's save over reactions for last because okay. those are the spicy ones. Let's go questions right. next. So, here's my question for you. Here's question number one. When do you think Nikola Jokic will start his downfall? I was watching him the first night, and so most of these NBA stars, one of the main reasons that they, you know, start to decline is their athleticism. Right? Would you agree? Like that's like the first thing that goes. Yeah, I'd say that most guys get into their prime around I don't know twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, and it goes to probably like thirty two, thirty three is when you're absolute apex of your prime physically, as long as you stay relatively healthy. I mean, all guys get nicked up, sure, but like you got to avoid the ACL, MCL, all right. those type of injuries. But so I was thinking, I was watching him, and if you've ever watched Jokic, he is not the poster child for athleticism. So like, when is when is he going to start his decline or downfall if his athleticism is never going to waver because it's obviously he's an NBA athlete. I'm not saying like he's not an athlete or he's not athletic, but when you compare him to other guys in the league, he is not someone who you think about when you think of good athletes. I mean, it's incredible to think how him and Giannis are top two in the league. They're like, opposite. <laughs> and they are the complete opposite players. Jokic is all about like just being skilled. He's maybe the greatest passing big of all time. He's a great three-point shooter. He he has amazing touch. Giannis is just an absolute physical specimen. He just drives the hole. He's great around the rim, but he's he does get a lot of charge calls at times. And he's a great defensive player. Jokic is not that. He's actually gotten a little better defensively over the years, but he's still not great. But yeah, I'd say he's 28 years old right now. I don't really think it's about the decline of this game. I think it's about the love of the game. I think we even saw after they won the championship, he said he just wanted to go home. Now, he changed it after he went to the parade and started drinking and had fun and stuff. But I think he he wants to go back to where he's from. He he loves it there. I, I don't think he loves being an NBA superstar, to be honest with you, which is crazy to so, say. So, like, when he retires, will it be because he wants to go back home? Or will it be because he's at the end of his career where he's just not effective anymore no i think i think he's gonna go back to serbia i think that's where he just, i think it's i think if he wins a couple more championships uh in these next five i think he could retire in his early 30s like 32 33 and be gone and never we'll never hear from him again never ever never hear from him again because he doesn't care nobody's gonna so go if anything bad happens to Jokic, we know that patrick is <laughs> has a part in it no i'm just but do you like do <laughs> you, you will th- never hear from him again <laughs> but do you think like don't you agree that like he just doesn't care about the game as much as, and that's crazy you could be the best well, player how can you be the best player in the nba which is i think maybe is mo- the most skilled league in all the leagues like football and stuff like i feel like football is really about athleticism it's great to be athletic in basketball but you have to be so skilled to be one of the top 350 players i wouldn't say it's the most skilled in the i wouldn't say it's the most skilled league in the world it's up there but i think like hockey and soccer are crazy like um, in my opinion, yeah, it's those are uh, hockey's more physical for sure. I think, that's but like just to be nutrition. able to skate and do all that stuff with a puck and it's same thing with soccer. Yeah, like. but skating, skating when you've been doing your whole life is really easy. I can't, and skate. you're not on the ice. I mean, you're on the ice for like ex- extended like periods of time. Yeah, but I guess your cardio for basketball has to be absurd. But yeah, I think Jokic. I don't think he'll retire because of skill or have a decline. I think it's going to be in his early 30s. I think he's going to win a couple more championships, maybe one or two, and then he'll be out. Yeah. I agree. Go ahead. Um, looking at my, so my question is, can the Memphis Grizzlies survive without John Morant for 25 games? They lost opening night to the Pelicans, 111-104. Jaron Jackson Jr. was awful. He scored eight or nine points. Um, he shot two for nine from the field, 0 for five from three. He only had five rebounds, which we talked about. He struggled in the world, uh, the FIBA World is Cup. Is that his career high? It might be. I don't know. I, I'm really starting to worry about him. But he did have five blocks, but he was in foul trouble again. He had five fouls really early in the third or early in the fourth quarter. Uh, Desmond Bain was great. He had 31 points. He looked like an all-star. Marcus Smart, Xavier Tillman played really well. But if their best player, arguably their best player right now, Jaron Jackson Jr. can't be consistent through the season, they may have trouble being under 500. So I was wondering what you thought. Well, I think we both picked him to have the under primarily because of Ja. Like, I don't 
I don't see how they can be over 500 or even, I don't know. I think they're going to be under 500 for the first 25 games, which 25 games isn't a ton, but it definitely matters. Like if you're losing a few games that you should win, like if, if an injury happens, which I just, it matters in the West. Cause if oh, you're going to be, you're, you can't catch up in this West. You're going to, you, you, there's no way you string together 10 games in a row or eight, or you may be able no. to do four. Like, but it's every night there's a battle in the, in the West, even with the Rockets, like, I know you don't yeah, necessarily the, agree on well, that. Well, the worst teams are still like still frisky enough that they can steal a game. Yeah, for sure. Any night you don't bring your A game, you shoot bad, uh, you eat something bad, anything. You just you don't come you don't come ready. You're gonna get beat. <laughs> Did you say eat something bad? Yeah, it happens. Oh, okay. I mean, Bijan Robinson the other night or on Sunday got a headache Saturday night and didn't play, he played one snap. So I mean, it happens. These are great athletes, but they are just they're humans. They so yeah. they, maybe their girlfriend breaks up with them or something. You never know. Sorry, I got a little emotional. Um, to answer your question simply, no, I do not think they can survive. Yeah, they're losing by nine right now in the third to the Nuggets, which is expected. But, yeah, I'm starting to get nervous. I, I thought maybe they could maintain, get near 500, but I'm I'm scared as well. So, All right, you ready for my next question? I am. It is about your beloved Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, boy, here we go. Are you worried that Evan Mobley looked – pretty average in the first Cavs game when Jared Allen didn't play. So it's not like you can argue that, oh, well, him and Jared Allen, you know, it, it was it was Allen's night. Like, it, are you worried? Because he was at one point compared to, like, Kevin Garnett, which is laughable. But anyway, are you worried? Yeah, Mobley had 10 points. He was 5 for 11 from the field. Um, he had six rebounds, and he had two blocks. Nothing impressive, just just an average night, maybe a below-average night for him. Um, like Seth said, they're out They're out Jared Allen right now, so he's playing the five like a lot of people have wanted. Um, he played against Claxton the other night. They kind of have a similar build, and Claxton, I thought, played really well. He didn't shoot well, but he had seven rebounds, four assists, three blocks. I thought he played a little bit better than Mobley at times, so... Yeah, I think Mobley, my big scare is that he's going to be the same player as last year, which is no improvement, which even is pretty similar to his first year. So he's a great defender. He's a really good rebounder, but has the offensive game evolved enough? It's only one game, so we don't know, but I'm very scared that he'll never be able to play the five and he'll be an elite four, but they're gonna the Cavs are going to have to find a, a stretch five at some point then, which is very valuable in this league and hard to get. Maybe a Miles Turner from Indiana. I know I talked about this with you and you and your brother. You and Miles Turner. Patrick's currently trying to get Miles Turner on fantasy. That's, that's not because I want him on the Cavs. Well, I do want him on the Cavs, but I just I want him in Dynasty for a certain reason right now. We're not going to get into that. But, yeah, I think Miles Turner would be great in the Cavs. I think that's a target they should maybe look into midseason if they're kind of struggling or not not up to par with where they want to be. He's a great defender as well. Um, I think he'd fit right in next to Mobley. And like I said, I think you could space the floor at times if Mobley starts shooting more threes. So yeah, I'm definitely worried though. I don't think he can play the five. Maybe his, it's only his third year though. And he's still growing into his body. I mean, he's 21, tw- 21 years old. So I am very nervous though. Yeah. Fair. All right. Hit me. Uh, my next one is, will this Zion Williamson stay the whole season? No. Next question. Next question, really? Well, he had 23 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. He was very active all over the floor. He had a highlight dunk on my boy Jaron Jackson Jr., who just had an abysmal night. Uh, He looked engaged. He looked in shape early on. But will this be the case all season? I think if if the Pelicans keep this – if he plays at this level the whole season, their ceiling gets higher and can make some noise in a loaded West. So what do you think? We saw this last year. He started off looking like – was it last year or two years? I forget. It was last year. Yeah. yeah, last year. He started off looking amazing. They were top six seed. Yeah, when, he when he's healthy, he's really good. No one can dispute that, but yeah, I just I don't buy it. I would not buy Zion stock. I just wouldn't do it. And I, I, I hope he stays healthy. He's really fun to watch. I mean, he's very, he's very skilled as a player, and he's just an athletic freak. I think you always worry about him, like when he goes up for dunks, coming down on his knees, because, again, he's had a weight problem, and he just there's so much force when he comes down. And sometimes, I know this is crazy, he comes down on one leg, and it actually does matter. You're supposed to come down on, I know this is crazy, both of your legs at the same time, so your knees have the, the proper placement, like when they're coming down, the same force at the same time. But um, I, I would buy the stock right now. I think the Pelicans are are in a decent spot if he stays healthy. Again, I think they could be for a top six seed. I know it's crazy, but they were last year when he was healthy, and they're talented, and Ingram's an all-star level player. So I know you're not as high on it, but I think they have a good chance to make some noise this year if I, he stays I healthy. I wish him all the best, but I am out. Sorry, Zion. You got to prove me wrong. All right, what's your next question, your last one? 
All right. My last question. Okay, this is a Boston Celtics question, and I I was watching their game, and some of the rotations were weird, which I get it. They have a lot of new a lot of new players. So I'm not like, you know, faulting Joe Mazzulla for this or anything, but what like what rotation or lineups do you think that they should use considering all their pieces? And one thing that I kind of was shocked at, um, Brissett didn't even step foot on the floor. I thought for sure he would at least get some spot minutes, but he didn't play at all. Lamar Stevens didn't play, which doesn't necessarily shock me that much, but I, I don't know. What, what do you think their rotation, their ideal rotation on like a normal game, everyone's healthy. What do you think it should look like? Do you like their starting five that they use? Do you think that's the best one? Yeah, I mean, it's you okay. got to have. Your I best, agree. You, you got you got to have your best five out there: Tatum, Porzingis, White, Brown, Holiday. It's your best offense and defense. Like six lineup. man, Al Horford. Yeah, Horford, okay. Hauser, and Pritchard. I think are your top eight. That's going to be your eight come playoff time. I think you guys are going to try to make a move at the deadline. I don't think you have enough off the bench. PP, Paint Pritchard. He's fast PP. He got that contract extension and he's a really good scorer, but he's going to be really inconsistent. He's a role player. Al, he's older now. What is he? 36, 37. He can still hit some big shots. It's going to be good that he's not playing starter minutes anymore, but I think come playoff time, he'll be very valuable off the bench. I kind of miss him. Well, I know it's only been one game. Well, I guess one and a half, but at the end of the game, I kind of missed having him out there. I trust Al a lot. I think it's just going to be matched up base. Yeah. I I, I think if they, if they play the Sixers in the playoff series, I think they'll put put him on, on um, Embiid. So Porzingis doesn't have to get tired on that end. So yeah, I don't know about Hauser. Uh, he is a really good shooter, but I don't know if he can consistently be in a top eight rotation in the NBA. I think that's a big question. If his shots on, yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, if you guys do have an injury to the top five, Horford could definitely step in and be there, but that takes a huge, like, just cut into your bench. I mean, that's a huge asset. You're going to lose off the bench in Horford if he has to go in the starting lineup if Porzingis goes out. So I would say I'm definitely nervous about your guys' depth. But, I mean, again, when you have a starting starting five, even starting six, because Horford's basically a starter, uh, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I just would have liked to see Brissett or uh, I don't know how you say his last name, but uh, Svee um, oh. from Charlotte. Yeah, he's a shooter, but I – yeah, he I should have liked to see one or both of them. Yeah, I think they'll make appearances Maybe they'll... sometimes. But there's already enough shooting, so I don't know if they necessarily need him, and he's not a great defender. Well, Brissett's not really a shooter. He's more of a, I don't know, physical presence. And they have Walsh, the rookie, we both really like. I think he'll yes. get some minutes, but I don't think he'll have a high impact this year. And Lamar Stevens, he used to play for the Cavs. He's a junkyard dog. He's very physical. He's not a great shooter, but he he plays with ultimate, ultimate effort. I don't know if anybody plays harder when they're on the court than him. Just me and you. Every Monday night. Every Monday night, yeah. I look good on Monday night. Um, all right, do you do you have one more question? Yeah, my last question okay. is, this is a fun one. Who do you think the clutchest player in the NBA is currently today? Oh, okay. So last year, I just want to say De'Aaron Fox won the award for the clutch player of the year, but it doesn't – because I think he was like the number one scorer in clutch time last year, which is in the fourth quarter under five, four, five or four minutes, I think, something like that. So who do you think the clutchest player is? Is it – just your gut. Who you Just want to like go? the three seconds left, who do I want taking the last shot? It could be whatever you want to specify it as. You could be who do you want taking the last shot? Who do you want with Iguodala. the ball? <laughs> uh, Shout out Max Kellerman. Oh, Andre, he retired this year. He did. A great career. Shout out to him, too. Um, got blocked by LeBron in a game seven. So eat that, yeah. idiot. Uh, <laughs> um, Cavs and seven always, baby. We always have that championship over you, 73 and nine, frauds. Are you done? Yes. Okay. Um, the clutchest player, see, I'm always tempted to, you know, like, ah, this is so tough. Like Curry isn't, hasn't been known to be that clutch, but he's the best shooter of all time. Not in the playoffs. He hasn't been right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Um, Tatum, I'm not, Tatum's not my answer, but he has been pretty clutch. I don't. It's just a gut thing. You don't I know. have to go off okay. stats. It's just like a gut All thing. Right. Like if I if games got three seconds left, who am I picking? Do you want me to tell you who I'm picking? You're gonna probably pick like Jimmy Butler or something. No, that oh. is I did think about that. He was one of my options. I'm gonna go Luca. Um he's had some big shots we saw yeah. in the Clipper series in the bubble. He was great. But I just think I'm when going you have the LeBron. Ball- I mean, it's not a bad pick. I mean, he's got one of the best percentages all time. He gets hit all the time, but yeah, and and he- a- I, I don't love that answer, though. I know. It doesn't feel like the right answer, but it, it really is statistically he, and all his time. His IQ 
like he's made big shots of course but he also is known to make the right play yeah well like, i'm yeah i guess i but this is more of like i guess the shot but yeah you were Kevin i think durant is up there yeah i like i said i'm going luca i, I think, would go lebron or katie or tatum would be yeah i think tatum's gonna answer i'm gonna go luca because i he doesn't shoot great from three at time he's like in the mid 30s but i i think that guy his step back he just he just has the it factor you want a guy that has the in factor at the end of the yeah. day Except for Luka doesn't carry his team. In I would the playoffs, say so. I would say Kyrie as well. He hit some of the biggest shots in NBA history, and he's an incredibly clutch player. And they're both on the same team, so I think that could help them in the playoff series. So. Yeah, I if I had to pick one out of my three, gun to your head. If we're just talking about who's going to make the shot, I'm not picking LeBron. I think to make the right, if you want the ball, just in general, to either shoot the it or right make the right pass, that's LeBron, one thousand percent. But to the make shot, make a shot. I I can't stand Kevin Durant, so I'm going to pick Tatum. <laughs> Only because I can't stand Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'll so go, my I'll, bias is showing. I'll go Luka or Kyrie. I, they're both on the maps. I'd rather have Luka, but Kyrie is one of my favorite players of all time. So. Yeah, I get that. Okay, so now we just got to get Overreaction into our overreactions. The can, I go, can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. This one is brought to you by my brother Shane. Ladies and gentlemen. The Struce is loose. Holy crap. Seven threes. 27 points, was it? Yep, 27 points. 12 rebounds. The 12 rebounds is crazy to me. I told and I told you he rebounds great for but his yeah, size. Yeah, he, he plays really I said hard. this. He plays he, for he's bigger than like the what he plays. He's he got plays a big bigger heart. than a size. He's what? got a big heart. <laughs> big heart. <laughs> Full eyes. Um, but the Struce is loose. I listen, I know he's not going to play like that clearly like that's not going to be his average night but if he gives you 15 a night is that realistic 15 a night yeah he averaged 12 last year i think he's going to be asked more in this offense and they shot like four so the, i brought up the stat last year they shot in the lower mid 20s they shot over 43s the other night they're going to get up threes he's going to get up probably close to eight to 12 a night on average especially when he's feeling it like he was he got going early he cooled off towards the end but yeah, I'm also going to add in right here. This was my guy. This is one of my overreactions. He is the greatest signing in free agent history. I love you, Max Daddy. The Struce <laughs> is very loose in my house. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. I don't want to know. It's just all loose, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorite players already. He was the perfect signing for the Cavs this offseason. He's exactly what they needed, and I love watching him. Seth and everybody knows J.R. Smith is my daddy. I love J.R. <laughs> He's one of my favorite players of all time. I think time. you've used the term daddy more than anyone in the history in the last 30 seconds. When it comes to my favorite basketball players, it is. But him and Struis, they they don't play exactly the same, but they're both the style of guys I want. They're role players, which I play. They're 3 and D guys. I absolutely I absolutely love the signing. I think it's maybe a steal of the offseason. That's basically the mid-level. So, Yeah, he great signing, great shooter. I just – I don't know. After, I, after that game, I just had to. So – Shout out to Shane for for that fun moment when when we went to the Cavs Celtics and Cavs came back and and won. Wait, I'm thinking I'm thinking of I'm thinking of wait, Jetty. That's, wait, hold on, that's Jetty Osman. That's, that's the wrong. I'm sorry, I was thinking of the Cavs because Max Schrus. I meant to say the Heat. Sorry, Seth had a blonde moment. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's on me. At least I caught myself. Uh. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. My face just started to turn like even more sideways. I'm like, what is he talking about? It was Jetty Osmond. I, I meant I morphed to. It was during very distinct moments. It was during the playoffs two years ago. Shane Game seven. She had, uh, Shane screamed, "The Struce is loose," which people said on Twitter, but I don't think Shane made it up at the time as well. He might have found it on Twitter as well, but now current is now known as X. But yeah, that was a little confusing when you were going with that. But I'm yes. sorry. Just I, know the Struce is loose, people. <laughs> just say it around town. Go on a coffee shop. Go to Starbucks and just look at someone and say the Struce is loose. The cops may show up. Just show them a picture of of Struce Daddy, and you'll be fine. All right, give me one of your overreactions. Seth is either going to hate or love this. Porzingis has overtaken Jalen Brown as the number two in Boston. Jalen Brown got a five-year, $304 million extension this offseason, the biggest in NBA history, just a fact, just a fact currently. Brown struggled for, to, for a few more months. Doesn't matter. He's still in, in time. He was one of the, the highest paid Hold in on. history. Before you keep going, I want to remind people that these are overreactions for a reason. 
So some of these are not necessarily what we truly believe, but it's the idea that, well, you might believe this one, but hold on. But like some of mine aren't what I truly believe. It's just like if the NBA season stopped and we didn't have any other data, this is what would would happen. Like, Well, I don't need more data on a guy that can't dribble okay, his left hand. Okay. He can't dribble his left hand, but... So Brown really struggled against the Knicks uh, with Drew Holiday handling the ball and a, a lot of play, a lot more playmaking responsibility. Tatum is going to be the primary option, have the ball in his hands a lot. Brown's usage is just about to go way down. Um, his offensive impact is about to go way down. He's not the shooter that Porzingis, Holiday, or Tatum is. Um, I, I just don't know how he's going to fit in the offense as much. I think he's going to have to be more of a cutter at times and just get hot from three, which, again, I think he's an, he's an okay shooter. Um, I think he's actually going to take a big leap uh, defensively. I think maybe he could guard the best player at times. I know Tatum is, but if he could be that, just the absolute. Well, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, but I'm saying like the bigger like forwards that you have to guard at times. Well, I think... yeah, Drew and Brown, they often would guard the, like, for example, Randall. Um and I think it was Brunson, the other one, that they kept switching on and off. Yeah, but I think come like come playoff time, if you take – so you're, they're going to have two guys at the floor at the same time, whether it's Holiday and Brown, Holiday and Tatum, and the other two will be off the court after the starting five plays for a little while. They're, the main star on the other team is going to play majority of the game, so you can bring just that constant fresh defender on them throughout the majority of the game, even in the fourth quarter. Like, you can switch at times. Like, I just think it's an absolute weapon for them. But, yeah, I think Brown's going to take a huge step back this year and be – Offensively. Yeah, offensively, yeah. and he'll be there – I'd say the third option. I don't think he, I think Drew, they gave Brown and he's been there his whole career. So he'll be the third option, but I think Porzingis overreaction Brown, take overtakes Brown as the second right. option. Brown struggled. I, I think over throughout the whole season, I think Brown will still be our number. It's two. one game. So yeah. it's a, this one's definitely an overreaction. I think the Struce one's Brown is healthier one, but... than Porzingis too. I, I, yeah, that's fair. I think I, I like I said, I predicted Porzingis is going to miss some games. So for sure. But I think that's uh, Porzingis. right now. That's yeah. Yeah. All right, here's yeah. – again, so this is why I was saying that the overreactions aren't necessarily our true beliefs because here's another overreaction. Scoot. A bust? Question mark? Oh, good Lord. Again, overreaction, but he was pretty bad to say the least. Would you agree? His first game. I mean, he's a rookie. I know. He's a rookie Wemby, guard. Wemby was the... fine. No, he wasn't. He got I... he was in foul trouble the entire game. He did a lot. Better. Which is which a big man get in foul trouble a lot because he doesn't he, know. I mean, he, he doesn't did know a lot better than a goose egg. What do you mean a goose egg? I mean, that's how he played. Big fat goose egg. Oh well, I was gonna say Scoot had eleven points, five for eleven from the field. He was zero for three from three. Um, he had three rebounds, four assists, four turnovers. I mean, he was okay. I mean, he played thirty-five minutes. They lost one eleven to one twenty three. I think he was okay for his first start. Mm, I just, again, it's an overreaction. I think Scoot's going to be good. I think he's going to be fine. But I just was expecting more on a Portland team that's not great. I was expecting him to really stuff the stat sheet. I'm sorry, that's an L take. I got to call you out. That's an L take. I know it's an overreaction, but a rookie calling him out. I Wemby would have been better because I think his he's got to learn how to stay out of foul trouble. I, that's a big thing. I just was Sorry, expecting. I'm, calling, I'm I, joking, but I, I don't. I, I was just know. expecting like 20 points from Scoot. That's fine. I think Grant's there. He, he signed their big extension. They have Sharp and now Anthony Simons is going to be out for a month. They said so. I think this is going to be a big opportunity for him and Sharp to take over and see if that's the backcourt of the future. So, no. I, when I was joking, it was an L take. I just, I think, yeah, I don't. I, I also know. think it's an L take. I think Scoot is going to be good. I yeah, think it's, he's a, it's be a fun of a reaction, but it's it's definitely not the right. Yeah, he was it just okay. Just gets the people going. You just know? Yeah. It's provocative. <laughs> it's provocative. Um, my third and final one is this. This is bad on me. Um, my MVP pick. My MVP pick of the season is already cooked after one game. Uh, Chris Paul was awful shooting the ball opening night. But Chris he had, Paul was your MVP pick? Uh, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but he had nine assists and was running the offense. Offense. Uh, Steph had 27 points but ended the night with just one assist. Uh, I think he's going to have crazy boom scoring nights, but with the ball in Paul's hands running the show, they've never had a true point guard before, really ever, the whole dynasty. So that him being able to run the show, I think his numbers are going to take a hit this season. I thought they would stay the same or even be better because I thought Paul would come off the bench. But – 
Um, I, yeah, I think my MVP take was a big fat L. I'm an idiot. I want everybody to make fun of me. Steph, <laughs> I still hate you. Um, I respect your game, but I will never love you. You broke my heart just like Luca last year, and I'm in shambles already. I hated my picks coming into the year. Seth took a couple of them before. Next year, we're going to do a draft. But my overall uh, last overreaction is Steph Curry is a fraud, and my MVP, MVP pick is done already. Wow. One game in. That's a strong take. Um, all right, my last uh, overreaction, which, again, not what I truly believe because Milwaukee's probably going to go beast mode here soon, but Milwaukee isn't going to be as dominant as we all thought. Okay, They only beat Philly by one point. Dame dropped pretty much 40 points, and Philly did not have James Harden. So my overreaction is Milwaukee is not going to be as strong as people think. I cannot disagree more with that. I don't know what you wanted to see from them game one. I don't Just know. Just to beat a bad Philly team by more than They're one not point. a bad Philly team. They're going to finish top four. They're in I shambles think. right now. Top Dude. four. Dude, if Maxi plays at that level the whole season, he's not which playing he, at that level. He's not going to maybe put up thirty points, but could he put up twenty five a night? Yeah, he has the skill set to do that. If Embiid, Embiid didn't play that well, I it was game well, one. You know how I think about Embiid. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean I know you hate the Bucks, so I get the overreaction, but it's game one. They won. That's the most important part. You would rather learn in a in a in a good win than learn in a bad loss. So oh well, for sure, it's yeah. a good win against the top six team for sure. At the worst, I think against the reigning MVP. So. I, I think the Bucks did great, and I think they saw Giannis is going to play at MVP level at some point. Damian Lillard already having dropping over thirty points. I think that's what they wanted to see at the end of the day, and they did so. And the bench played really well, which you said they have no depth, but they have more depth than the Celtics, in my opinion. So, yeah, and Chris Middleton played awful, and they still won. So I think they're going to be just fine. It, it's an overreaction for a reason. It was not my first impression. It was an overreaction. Just want to make that clear. Just to too, all of our fabulous listeners. Just two bad idiot takes by you. But I had my my MVP's already done, so I'm the biggest idiot. I'm the biggest loser of the night. <laughs> so are the Chicago Bulls. Sorry, Bulls fans, but you're gonna have a long Man. season. But guess what? Struce is still gonna be loose, baby. <laughs> Alright, you have anything else to add? Nope. Uh like we said, this episode four, we're at the end of it. I'm we just keep chugging along. We're going to hopefully maybe get another one out next week, maybe two if we're lucky. But Seth's tryouts has started for his uh, varsity yeah. girls. And Basketball's he's, he's excited for his season. Uh, basketball season's back in full swing. We still got the NFL going on middle midseason. Great time for sports fans. And we look forward to continuing this. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of The Bucket List. Please check us out on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at pod underscore bucket list and feel free to dm us any questions or topics you want us to talk about on the pod see you guys next time uh see ya